All right, welcome back to another episode of the Kitman Podcast. My name is Rohan. Unfortunately, no Owen today, but I always have Dillette with me. Dillette, how's it going? Doing great, man. Another week, another day at the top of the table for my club. Okay, anyways, be sure <laughs> if you're listening to drop five stars if you enjoy the content. It helps us out a ton. And joining us today is Chelsea's most dramatic fan on TikTok. I. Yes. This is very true. Sometimes when my days are just missing that little bit of drama, I head over to her TikTok page and she manages to fill it with drama. It's oh. Melina, Melina Dautovich. Did I say that right? Yes, you got it right. Okay, awesome. How are you? I'm great. A lovely day in the top four. Can't say talk to the table, I wish. Um, but yeah, I am Chelsea's most dramatic fan and I'm glad I can do that service, truly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, so before we get into the episode, we're going to be talking about Chelsea for a majority of it. We have to touch on City versus Liverpool. So Melina, what are your thoughts on it? I was genuinely surprised. Um, I did not think Liverpool would come out as strong as they did. Holland, the K- KDP, his passing was great again, but you know, Holland just wasn't clicking. And I think that was due in part to Virgil having an incredible game. We haven't seen that from him in a long time since before he was injured last season. That he was a standout player. Mo Salah, we've seen, we see him again, like after literally all season, nowhere to be found. Um, Allison, fan, mm. phenomenal again. He's been my player of the season for them by a mile. Um, I was just very surprised at like the lack of teeth by City almost. Yeah. No, to be honest, that's fair. I, I was pretty torn because in my fantasy team, I've Allison and Sala. So I was like <laughs> kind of okay with it, but I was also yeah. pretty pissed. I I I think Dillette, you you have some you have some stick to, to clear up because you were you were talking a lot of trash about the Liverpool defense. Well they do suck. The, they were, it's not <laughs> they are the suck. worst fans easily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have absolutely nothing good to say about Liverpool, but it just seems like you guys, even despite Liverpool being bad, City still has like the, like the mentality of these guys are competitors and like we have to respect them because realistically they had no reason to bring the game to to City. They've been terrible all season, but today they look like the same team we saw for the last four years. But that's what I'm saying though. I think they just show up for the big games. Like they didn't play bad against Arsenal either. Oh yeah, definitely not. And I just but feel get- being at being at home like helps them out so much because that stadium was going crazy. Are you worried for the title? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm always worried for the title. I I say it every episode we're not winning the title. <laughs> okay. I don't know how you could say that with uh, having 14 goals in like nine games, ten games. Uh, the the brain fails to compute how that works. No, it's just for me, I always feel like the teams that are competing for the title aside from City, they sometimes will drop points against like relegation teams or like mid-table teams. City don't win against like the big teams. Really? Do you think that's true? Melina, keep in mind, Rohan has said that City aren't going to win the league every season for like the past four years. Ever since I've <laughs> Yeah, and it's ha- yeah, and it's happened every single season. I-, I don't think it's a city thing. It's just a Rohan thing. There's no way to justify this. You got to keep the expectations low. Got to keep them low. Yeah, they call they say I do this thing called the reverse jinx. I don't really, I don't really believe in it. I'm hedging your bets. Is what <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I'm hedging bets. my bets. Don't rationalize with him. He, he, t- 
before every single city game saying, man, something feels bad about this one. It, it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll be like Bournemouth or like Nottingham Forest and be like, dude, something feels off today. I don't like it. <laughs> Something's in the air. <laughs> you know what's funny about that too? Because of the time difference, I know you wake up to it every Saturday morning too. And that, <laughs> oh, that makes yeah. that that gives me a little bit of happiness. I can't lie. Um, but let's talk about Chelsea. That's what we're here for. So let's start kind of with this summer so far with the players that you've that Chelsea have brought in. How do you feel about them? Aubameyang has been a surprise. Um, I've said it on TikTok. Anytime a Chelsea forward scores, I don't know how to react to it because it people will laugh, but it's genuinely something that's been missing for so long since Diego Costa and before that since DDA. It even Costa sometimes, I mean, he scores goals, but he's a shit mentality player in terms of like, if I don't want to play today, I'm not going to play. And that's not the sort of energy you need in a club as big as Chelsea and as, you know, the aspirations that Chelsea has. Um, Sterling, I think he's still finding his footing. Who else have we signed? I forget. Um, seeing him at all, I don't think. He was on the bench today. Um, I actually heard he might be going back in January because he was a Tuchel signing. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Kukurea, Koulibaly. Kukurea, Koulibaly. Koulibaly, I think he's also still finding his feet in terms of transitioning from Serie A to the Premier League. Um, I remember his first game uh, versus Everton, I think. He was cramping up in the 70th minute, and I was like, yeah. you can't. That can't happen. It is like you can't do that um Kukurea, I think really good I love that Chile has some competition um especially I think Chelsea fans are giving Chile a lot of stick and the man's coming off an ACL that's not like oh I sprained my ankle it's oh I had completely reconstructive surgery on my knee and was out for a very very long period of time um so I think as Chile gets better, Kukurea pushing him, it's going to, like, the left-back position is suddenly, like, rich, you know? So I like what I see from Kukurea so far. Chile is Chilwell, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, okay, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> okay, yeah, so so what about that left-back? Who, who, who would you rather have in there if you had to pick just one? At their, like, best? Yes. Chile. Chile, okay. Chile, because Chile and Reese, when they're firing on all cylinders, it is hell for everybody else. Fair. That beginning part of the season, um, or not even really beginning, because Alonso was starting at left left wing last season. But when Chile got back into the squad, he played five games in the Prem last season, had four goals, and he's a left back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when the two of them are are firing, long day for the rest of you. Fair, very fair. Yeah. And he scored against um who West was Ham. It? Yes, West Ham. Yeah. He scored and assisted and he came on in like the 70th minute. Yeah. So he is the definition of a game changer. And I think people just need to let him settle back in because an ACL is not not a small, small injury. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's definitely fair. Um, and then moving from there towards the start of the season, we saw Tuchel got fired. I know your thoughts on that, and I had similar thoughts, and a lot of people were also pretty upset about it. But I guess five games in, how do you feel about it now? It's difficult because it's not that I didn't want Graham Potter. 
it's just that anybody who replaced Tuchel, I know I would have had like a very, very difficult time warming up to them. Um, and, you know, I was talking with some friends. I said, it literally feels like Tuchel has COVID or he's suspended and Grand Potter is just the assistant. That's what it felt like for a really long time. And I'm obviously we had that two week break plus the extra week, with the queen dying. Like it, I didn't, we didn't have much time to get used to it. However, Grand Potter is making me a believer because he's making it work. Like the squad rotation has been excellent. I thought he would struggle personally just because he never managed a club like of this biggest Chelsea. He didn't have to rotate his squad as much. The first time he was at a Champions League game in the flesh was when he was coaching it. So that, to go from Brighton, where you only play in the Prem, to coaching Chelsea against uh, Salzburg is a massive step. And I thought he would have like a blip or a misstep. And he has been taking it in stride. I'm so impressed. Long may it continue. Like, I don't remember the last time we had a clean sheet under Tuchel at all <laughs> like we've been conceding goals left and right we were allergic to clean sheets for the longest and now we have four back-to-back clean sheets it's just I don't know what he's doing but thank god he's doing it yeah no I actually didn't know that about the Champions League that that's actually pretty funny <laughs> um, mm-hmm. how did you feel about him being hired then <sighs> like I said it's just anybody you could have brought me Zidane you could have brought me Pep I would have been like, this is weird. I don't like this. And it left, the firing left a bad taste in people's mouths. Um, The hiring, everyone was like, okay, like, am I supposed to be excited? Because Tuchel's gone. We didn't want Tuchel gone. Um, But now it's paying its dividends already. Um, Maybe it is just new manager bounce. Who knows? But it's, it's been good so far. I don't want to jinx it because I am a jinx. Were you surprised? that Tuchel got fired because it didn't seem like you guys were struggling that much or at least not enough to fire the manager? Um, I was extremely surprised and I remember waking up at 6 a.m. on that Wednesday, that dreaded, dreaded day. (laughs) And the first notification I see is Chelsea sack Thomas Tuchel. And I was like, am I hallucinating? Am I still in a dream? I genuinely was so shocked I could not believe it. And then I went on Twitter and it exploded. And I was like, oh no, this is not good. Um, And, you know, people love to say like, oh, Chelsea fans, you should be used to when a manager gets fired. 18 months is like the average tenure of a Chelsea manager. But we thought this guy was going to be our Arsene Wenger. We thought he was going to be our Pep, our Sir Alex Ferguson. We thought he was in it for the long haul. We had no idea this was coming. I have no way to explain it other than like pure shock. I was in shock for I think two weeks. I could not believe it at all. <laughs> do, how, how how much of it do you think has to do with the new owner taking over? One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. The new owner. I. It's, it's so confusing because you give this man three hundred million pounds for his own signings. He brings back Obama Yang like reunion of them two, you give him Zakaria, you give him Koulibaly, Kukurea. These are two cool signings and you fire him seven days after. Yeah. You don't even give him a chance. You don't even give him a chance with the, yeah. like, listen, the Dinamo Zagreb game was the worst <laughs> performance I have seen 
in years and I've been on this hot mess express like I said for a long long time there's been a lot of piss poor performances but that was one of the worst and I think what it came down to is he lost some of the locker room I think um and if the whole thing of Todd Bowley wanting to sign Cristiano Ronaldo and Thomas Tuchel digging his heels in and saying no is true and that led you know to Tuchel's firing this is why people hate American owners <laughs> because you just want the big PR signing yeah who doesn't really add anything to your club Cristiano Ronaldo is 38 years old what is he gonna do for Chelsea nothing yeah. Yeah, he, he doesn't even start for United regularly, and they have huge goal-scoring issues. Yeah, massive. And you have Cristiano Ronaldo on the bench. He's not 27 anymore in his prime. Yeah, yeah. No, and also, I don't think he'd ever go to Chelsea or City, which he was linked to this summer, which I also found was crazy. I think he'd honestly go anywhere at this point. At this point, yeah. I think that at this point, he just wants like out and to be in the champions league mm-hmm. but still still i i i don't personally like todd bowley very much oh no he's on my shit list oh he's on your okay good he's, he's on, on your on shit, shit list, list. Mm-hmm. Who, who else is on cowboys? the cowboys uh, he there was like a joke going around that he wanted to rename the club the chelsea cowboys but it was purely satire oh. it was not real but when i saw it i was like he is going to drive my club into the ground Oh no, we're from Dallas, so we were like, "Oh my God, the Cowboys are on your shit list!" Like, no, 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 not the Cowboys. I don't really watch the NFL. Fair, okay, fair enough. Um, so you're unbeaten in the last five games. Performances not necessarily the best thing in the world, but how long do you think it can last? Under this sort of like shit performance, getting the results. Yeah, I mean. Uh I think it all just has to do with Graham Potter finding his 11 um, and Reese James and Wesley Fofana being injured, Thiago Silva being 38 years old. It That has to do with it a lot, um, recently at least. And when I watch like the midfield, it does leave a lot to be desired. Um, but the midfield has been a continuous issue at Chelsea. Whenever I see Jorginho on the team sheet, I'm like, okay, so we're just going to sit back and Jorginho's going to backpass it five million times instead of attacking. Um, Kova, I thought Kova was going to have a great season. Not really. Um, Connor Gallagher, however, what I do want to touch on, he started out the season playing extremely frantic, and something that (laughs) one of my really good friends said, he plays like a squirrel on coke, because he was just so, like... Antsy. So antsy, and I think that goes back to, like, this is his boyhood club. This is his academy club. His whole family supports this club. He wants to show up and show out for the club. And he just gets a little overexcited. But I think he's settled. I think he I think he has the potential for an incredible Chelsea career. Um, I think we need to build a midfield around him. Personally, Ruben has been great. Ruben's Romantada is not something I have, you know, <laughs> that I thought would happen this season and but he's been so good he's so strong he creates so much space around him he turns defenders like I haven't seen a Chelsea player do in so long and it's so refreshing to see personally I was very surprised by his kind of resurgence because I thought he should have quit and like go into like modeling or something like <laughs> a couple of years back 
but he decided to stick with it and now he's starting back in the back in the good graces so i respect it i'm I'm glad you brought up the the midfield though because um i believe your assist leaders on the season are tiago silva mason Mount, and mark kukurea so given two of those are defenders who would you like to see at the club and how important is signing a midfielder like an attacking creative mid I don't really know what position Leal plays in the midfield. However, get him in. Him or Nkuku. The only thing that uh, puts Leal in front of Nkuku for me personally is he's a Bundesliga player. I don't believe in Bundesliga players anymore. I, I've had <laughs> Timo Werner. I've had Kai Havertz. Christian Pulisic. And, you know, on TikTok, I sung the graces of, of Timo Werner. I love him as a human being. He always put in a shift, but something is not right with the Bundesliga players coming into the Prem. So that's why I put Leal in front of him for a little bit. Um, but the midfield just needs a lot of a lot of creativity. When we signed like we signed like four defenders in the window and nobody in the creative role. So I knew how the season was gonna go. <laughs> yeah. It was not gonna be great. Yeah, no, I remember we did a couple interviews at like a pub and we asked a couple Chelsea fans what they thought they'd expect from the season. They were like, Oh, a lot of nil nils, a lot of one nils, a lot of two nils. And then they proceeded to not keep a clean sheet for like six games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think N'Golo Conte being injured also is like massive, <laughs> even though last season was not his best. He, I think he, you know, he's definitely on the decline. However, having N'Golo Conte, not having N'Golo Conte, I know which one I would prefer. And having him, um, his contract is up at the end of the season. They don't want to re-sign him because he is so injury prone. He yeah. wants to stay in London. So if he goes to like West Ham, maybe we do a little swap for Declan. Declan. You know? <laughs> that would Declan be a crazy swap. swap. That would be Wouldn't a crazy swap. Wouldn't that be a crazy swap? I know so my West Ham friends are like, oh, we're going to get him. And I'm like, you're not going to get him. He's not going to. If he goes anywhere in London, it'll probably be like Arsenal, maybe Spurs. Yeah, I could see him at Tottenham, I guess. But it'd be weird. It'd be so weird not to see him in a Chelsea kit. My king. I hope he stays. Yeah, no, I hope he stays too, just because like I want him just to be happy, to be honest. For the vibes. Yeah, for the vibes, for the vibes. That's what it is. (laughs) Um, what are your thoughts on the striker situation? Because it's it, you signed Aubameyang, you signed Sterling, but Kai Havertz still starts. I don't know how to explain that one. I've asked myself that question a million times as well. And I think Kai Havertz's stock that he's built up with that Champions League goal is running out. He uh, The West Ham game, he played the whole match. And I literally forgot he was playing until the 85th minute. As the big target man, you need to make your presence known. And he's not doing that. So I don't know why he keeps playing truly. At the end of the day, he just is taking up a space on the team sheet for me. Delight, you've mentioned that Champions League goal stock a couple times. I don't think it should be looked at at all. I, feel like Kai ha- I think Kai Havertz proved that he's bad enough to where we can forget about it. That's that's where I stand on it. You're not I, wrong. Yeah. I you know, there's only been three goals scored in the Champions League final for Chelsea. 
he's one of them. So he's etched into Chelsea lore for as it doesn't matter if he tries to literally destroy the club. His name is in Chelsea legends forever because of that goal um, against Man City, against a pep team. So I understand for like the season after why people were like, oh, it's okay. Like he'll, he'll grow into it. But now it's like, you cannot bank on that one goal for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Especially interesting. Cause you guys like historically Chelsea has shifted out strikers after like one season, half a season. Like if they're not performing, they're gone. But mm-hmm. Kai Havertz, even Werner stayed around a little too long, but Kai Havertz especially is just sticking around for absolutely no reason. And, I, but it also is though I've seen him play for the German team and when he plays in his actual position yeah he yeah. is second to none he is second to none that was one of my big beefs with Tuchel I will admit you cannot expect these players to be consistently played in a rotation of he's the attacking midfielder today he's the striker tomorrow he's on the left wing tomorrow and expect them to get like to be a hundred percent every single time. I used Ruben Loftus Cheek as an example in one of my TikToks. Um, Ruben played right back, right center back, defensive midfielder, and uh, I think an attack as an attacking midfielder within the same two weeks. That's not, yeah, that's four different positions in four different games. I don't know what you think can happen when you're playing them out of position so frequently to the point where I don't even know what position they are. I don't know what you expect to come of that. Like, that's not sustainable. That's not consistent. Yeah. And it, you're, now he was fired <laughs> because so, of it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the goal scoring because that was my next point. Your leading goal scorer on the season only has three goals. Is that the what after effects of Tuchel? Or because we know <laughs> we know what Graham Potter we know what we can expect from Graham Potter, like what type of system he wants to play, like very free flowing, open, attractive. Mm-hmm. What, when do you think we'll start to see that? You have players like Sterling and Aubameyang who are prolific goal scorers. I think we've seen it actually like in the AC Milan games, um, just how quickly the players shift in and out of position, how quickly it rotates. I think that ha- is part of the reason we've gotten these results um, and not necessarily played extremely well. I don't know, Aubameyang and Sterling. I Aubameyang has been great. Per- like, he he's he has three goals, correct? He's the one who has the three goals. Um, I think Sterling has the three. I think this is just for the Prem. Okay, well, either way, I'm impressed thus far. I'm also impressed with Sterling. They're both very get after it players, um, and that's something Chelsea has lacked for a long, long time. <laughs> you like Sterling? I do like Sterling. I do like Sterling. I think it's just a matter of Graham Potter finding the eleven that clicks the best. And getting players like Reese back because the Reese Sterling connection, I think, has the potential to be extremely clinical and deadly. That's a good point. Dillette, how do you feel about Sterling? Because you know my issues with him. No, I, I love Sterling. I feel like that's not where Chelsea's issue is. I think they need a better striker, like just a like a pure nine. Because I mean they have they have Sterling, they have Mason Mount who can play on the right. But they just don't have anyone who's really like convincing at the nine. Like you guys have Broha, who, you know, I don't really know how that's going to turn. Out. It doesn't seem like you guys yeah. trust him too. I think I think Sterling is 
more than good enough to hold down that left wing. They, they should be looking at new strikers, though. I agree. When you think of available strikers, no one really comes to mind. Like, That's what I want to get into. Would you turn your nose at – actually, we'll go through a couple names. Patrick Bamford. Are you turning your nose at Patrick Bamford? I love Patrick. I love him. I love Patrick Bamford. However, his injury, he is made of glass. And Fair. that is the only reason I would turn my nose away from him. And mm-hmm. he also missed a pen today. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. He had actually like a like a terrible game, I'm not going to lie, today against Arsenal. He did not but have a terrible game. He had dude, a- he missed a pen and then failed to get another pen. Oh, like was- yeah, he could have sent Saliba off, you know. Yeah, it was it was shameful, man. It was shameful. It, that was shameful. That, yeah, the second yeah. one, he just we like just, yeah, he just trucked Gabrielle and then tried to win the pen back. But no, okay, so no, no Bamford. Let's go to Ivan Tony. Uh, get him at the club tomorrow. He is five minutes down the way at Brentford. Get him into that club immediately. Okay. I'm glad to hear this though, because I've seen some Chelsea fans. Say no, we don't want Ivan Tony. We want like a more high profile signing. And they no! also no, <laughs> no, see how those have gone for Chelsea's high profile signings. I'm gonna out myself for a sec here. I was so fed up at one point with how poor like the big money, big name signings have performed for Chelsea historically. Um, I looked at the list of players and their transfer fees and literally I do not ever want to see in my life another Chelsea signing over 60 million because (laughs) damn near every player we've signed for above 60 has just been total and utter shit I don't know why I don't know how but it's just been absolutely terrible with the big money signings Aspilicueta 12 million look at him club legend captain whatever Angolo Conte was 30 million. All these Cobham boys that are coming up. I don't need a hundred million pound Romelu Lukaku. I don't need that. <laughs> I just need somebody who's gonna score me goals. Tiago yeah, Silva was free too. And he Tiago re- Silva was free. Yeah. P- Pulisic? No. 70. No. Keppa? 70. Uh, Keppa is Played gonna well. come up. Keppa is coming back. It is his redemption arc season, and I'm here for it. Um, Kukurea was was above sixty, wasn't he? Well, yeah, no, both both of their left backs were. I wanted to say that earlier, but I, I let it slide. They have yeah. two left backs, fifty million. I think. Are you talking about Chile or? Yeah, Chile and Chile was like fifty five. That's why. Oh. I, but maybe in dollars, I think he might have been above sixty then. Maybe yeah. <laughs> Chile's been great though. Good job, Chili. <laughs> when he's when not, he... when he's not injured. <laughs> when he's not injured. When his ACL isn't ripped in half. Do you, Do you have any other names to let? I was gonna go just to see, just just to try and get an idea of how bad you think Chelsea's striker situation is. Graham Potter's former striker. Oh hell which... no! <laughs> no, yeah, I'm a hopper. I'm going to hop in now and say hell. The issue at Brighton was that they couldn't score. But the team. Do you want me to bring in Danny Welbeck? The team clicked around Danny Welbeck. 
The team did not click. Yeah, the team clicked around Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck did not click within the team. That was like the they, issue. It, you get Sterling firing. You get Mason Mount firing. That's what you need, man. You need you need somebody. It can't a, be worse. It can't be worse than Havertz right now. That's fair. Has Danny Welbeck scored a Champions League winning goal? I don't think so. And there, that's where it always comes back to. <laughs> yeah, that is. You know what? Actually, I'm going to throw out a name because I think he could be really good. Laturo Martinez. That could be good too, but I could very well see that just being another Lukaku, another Pulisic, just another big money signing that goes poorly for Chelsea. Not for any real like footballing reasons, just the way that kind of the business goes. And I don't know why this has been happening for Chelsea. Maybe the like the scouting department has just not been great, and it hasn't obviously, but the expectations and the realities are so different. Like, I can't even say, oh, we just set the expectation too high for this player. You are a good player. Like, I I saw Kai Havertz at <laughs> I saw Timo Werner at Leipzig. You are good players. Yeah, the line that they play in the Bundesliga is god-awful. It's yeah. so high. No wonder Timo could score so many goals. But it's like, you would expect some sort of translation in the Prem, but it's just nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Okay, so so now the transfer window's closed. We're we're into the middle of the season. We have a World Cup. What are your expectations and hopes? With Tuchel being fired and Graham Potter coming in, it's skewed a little bit because now I'm like, well, if you finish outside the top four, I'm not going to be mad about it because it's his first season at a top four club. He's having to rotate players so much more. He's dealing probably with much bigger player egos um, he, four, he's going from Brighton who played in just the Premier League to Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup that's a lot of squad rotation that he might not be used to the optics he's not used to the spotlight um, so if we don't finish outside the top four I'm not mad at it as long as we're not you know ninth <laughs> I'm not going to be mad at it but yeah with Tuchel it was definitely top four bust and now it's like eh. that's fair as long as Something is being built under under Grand Potter that you can see. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to write the season off totally, but it's definitely a rebuilding season. He has to figure out what he wants, like how he wants to set these players up. They're not his players at all, except yeah. Cabrera. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think in the long run, it's going to be fine. Uh, this season might be a little painful at, for fans, but it growing pains. That. That is something I want to talk about. I've said before, this club refuses to go through growing pains with managers. And that's why 18 months into a job, that's why our literal like business model is new manager bounce. There's one guy in for 18 months. He starts having a shit streak and then you have hire a new one. And it's, you know, you just reset the clock and you see what Mikel's doing at Arsenal. And you're like, yeah. That it's paying dividends. They were so bad. COVID year, Arsenal were so bad. I remember November to Boxing Day. They hadn't won a match. And I was like, how the hell does this man still have a job? Well, look at it now. They're top of the table with the four-point gap above City. That's how you build sustainable football, like a sustainable football club, not 18 months and you're out. Yeah, I, yeah. I honestly, I respect Arsenal so much for sticking with him because there were so many times I – uh, if I was an Arsenal fan, I would have wrote like such a strongly worded letter to the club telling him to get the fuck out. Dude, the Even Delay, weren't you? Weren't you Arteta out for a while? No, I don't think so. 
<laughs> the, thing, the thing was is that no the reason I wasn't Arteta out was just because like who else would we have gotten really like I didn't no one else really really moved the needle and then also like it's not like we were great before you know we weren't <laughs> we weren't trophies for the last 10 years Arteta coming in and getting like eighth and fifth it was kind of just more the same but we were like you know changing play styles there was there was at least something there so I wasn't too fussed about it yeah, because I think people love to forget that towards the end of Wenger's reign, you guys were playing so bad. Like, it was not good. I We remember yeah. these managers with such, like, rose-colored glasses. Like, I I will I would go to the grave for Tuchel, Jose Mourinho. But when you look at the end of their reigns, you're like, <laughs> I see where it went. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, and the issue under Wegner was that you guys were getting top four, but you weren't winning anything. And then you proceeded to go like nine years without getting top four, which which is fair. Yeah. I think it, it'll be different though with Chelsea, just like a club that's so used to, I guess, fast success. If Grand Potter does build something in like a, a slower, more like financially sustainable manner, the fans will probably be a little bit upset because it's just not something that they've seen. You know, every season it's like new manager, win a trophy. Every, every like three years or something you guys have won you know prem champions league like either one of those every three years so it'll be interesting to see if potter takes his time yeah and i think the good thing about todd Bowley, even though he's on my shit list i don't think he's gonna even if graham potter doesn't win a trophy get top four i don't think he's gonna get fired i don't think it's gonna be some big like falling out with with the ownership i i really think he's in it for the long haul um if you see the way he runs the LA Dodgers, very sustainable. They invest so much money into the club. They, I don't, I don't know. It's they won a World Series recently, and that's all you can really ask for. The trophies will come in due time, but it might not be now. <laughs> and people need to settle settle down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I agree with that a thousand percent. Um, Delight, you got anything else to add? No, man. Chelsea Chelsea's doing good for once I don't have too much too much bad to say about them wow I feel like we'll be with with how the title race goes because they're you guys are actually a lot better than I feel like a lot of people are giving you credit for I agree with that I agree with that even at the beginning of the season I saw so many people putting Chelsea at like six seven and I was like we're not bad like do you understand we went into the Bernabeu and beat Real Madrid on the night maybe not on ag but (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true that's true that's true well molina thank you so much for joining us it's been a great episode and like i said every her stuff is linked in the description of this episode so be sure to check it out and we will catch you guys in the next one